Hey, everyone. This podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman by heading over to patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y Unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. Um, hello everyone. Hello. Oh, welcome to another episode of Hypecast! Hypecast! Hype uh, it's the Hypecast. show where we get hyped about stuff and things. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I am your other co-host, David Bell. David Bell. Uh, and a third this person! Is J- uh, yeah, yeah this is Jason. I, I don't know if I was supposed to be shouting Hypecast with you guys. <laughs> I, I know I've done this show before, but the exact moment when it's supposed to become a, apparent to the listener that I'm here is never totally clear. So... Oh yeah. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be uh, hyping everybody up with the the name of the show at the start. No, what you're doing, I, no, you what do you're great. doing right now is exactly what we want you to do. <laughs> yeah. Our Hello. show is de- <laughs> Our show is fundamentally designed to make the guests immediately like yeah. con- like confused uncomfortable and confused. And scared of like, oh, uh, hey. Hey, new new listeners, I'm professional podcast guest Jason Pargent, former executive <laughs> editor at Cracked and, and also author. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you for being yes. on. Yes, thank you for doing the show. I got to yeah. ask right off the top, even before we get into our, our jam-packed agenda for the show, I got to ask, this is the Hypecast, is there any piece of media either of you guys is like truly hyped for, like counting down the days for like you uh, really got it like your year yeah, like the way was, you know like like people were hyped with the new star wars reboots before they knew you know right there's hmm that's an interesting question that i was actually going to bring up when we start talking about uh the e3 stuff in a second but the uh, the short answer is no yeah, that's <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm hyped for the green knight i'm hyped for a lot of horror that comes and goes um and okay. if if we're talking E3, uh, no one else is, but I'm very hyped for Stalker Two, yeah. uh, a game that a game a game that I didn't even bother to put on this list because it's not enough because interest. Because it's Stalker Two. I loved Stalker, and uh, I waited a long time yeah. for Stalker to come out. You went about uh, two thousand other people really like Stalker. Yeah. Game where you're like a creepy dude following a woman around her. <laughs> <laughs> like no, going yeah, through her exactly. garbage, yeah. <laughs> like showing up at her yeah. workplace, and... hammer X to like reassemble her mail. It's all right. It's uh, a game that takes place in the future in Chernobyl, where your job is to your your. It's a first person shooter essentially, and you're going around doing jobs for people in this big wasteland. And at the time, I was like, this is amazing. It's open world. I have this very vivid memory of the graphics being amazing. I, re- I recently replayed the game. They are not. They are not amazing. Uh, but there's a real creepiness and vibe to it. It's like, it's, I, I think it's what people like about Fallout, 
uh, it just, I don't even know if it came before Fallout, but it's very similar. Uh, it took so long to be released the first time that the fan page for Stalker, the person running it, the last post was about how they're just moving to India and forgetting everything. And like they had like a real existential crisis uh, be- because the game took like seven years uh, to come out and it was constant promises. But when it came out, it was amazing. Uh, and now there's a sequel that's coming in a year. And yeah, uh, no one no one needs to care about it, but I do. And sure. I, I'm excited. I don't yeah, know. I don't know if I'm just getting older or if, if media, the nature of media is just so much more like segmented and splintered now. Because like yeah. that's a niche game. But I'm trying to think back of the big like pop culture landmarks. Like I, you know, the, the new Star Wars movies, I, you know, when the trailers were coming out and all of that. And um, what was the first one? Force Awakens. Oh. Yeah, Force Awakens. Like there was legitimate. Like, we all want to see how this turns out. Like, yeah, even if yeah. we, you weren't necessarily thrilled they were making more Star Wars, it was, like, a legitimate thing. Has And when Skyrim was coming out, that was a legitimate thing. When a new Grand, when Grand Theft Auto Five, like, like, there are these landmark games, shows, movies that, where it's like, every, I'm really eager to see what this is, how it turned out. And I'm scanning the horizon, not just on this dock, but just in general. And I'm not, I know for some people that'll be Breath of the Wild too, but even that is, a, it's a sequel. It's, it's more yeah. Breath of the Wild. It's not like there's, there's these hints of it could be something truly new or something like where it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to get my hands on this. I don't have anything like that. And there's not been that many points in my life where I've not had something. I it's, think we've gotten more cynical about pop culture for since sure. like... Like Star Wars Episode One. After that, you know, we were all like, "Okay, so I, I guess movies can, yeah, movies can really <laughs> lie to us. Movies can really be bad. Let's let's put put a quick pin in that because uh, let's get through these producer names and then let's get into that because I, I did want to talk right. about this specific topic. So I'm glad it was brought up. But let's yeah. get through these producer names first. Mean to hijack your agenda. You have this all <laughs> planned out. You have a format, and yeah. All right. No, you're, you're no. looking. You're looking at the same doc as me. <laughs> <laughs> no, our format does start with like brief yeah. introductions. No, it's, it's it's I um yeah. Yeah, this is all. We're it's all according. We're doing great. We're doing yeah. great. No, we're it's doing great. This is plan. great. This is all great radio. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> my typical have... nine minute introduction. Listeners, <laughs> 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 I've gotten used to. Yeah. <laughs> um. Look, we have some producers. We to do. Take. We uh, do. Yeah. yeah. And I would like to do some shout-outs. Uh, special thanks to Del Griffith, the shower curtain fella. Mm. Uh, thank you to Let. <laughs> thank you to Seismic Charge Noise. It's the it's the Boba Fett one. Thank you to Jake. Jake. Uh, thank you to Numino Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcano Coniosis Jones. Woo. Thank wow. you very much for all of that. <laughs> Jason, I've had a lot of practice on that one. Yeah. Thank you to uh, the baby from Eraserhead. Thank you. Always. Uh, thank you to Chiz Lily Tits. Thank you. Uh, thank you to These Seven Bees. Uh, <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Thank you to Breezy Ruizy. Thank Woo. you. Thank you to Davy Francis for The Revenge. 
Uh, thank you to MVB. Thank you very much. Cool. Let me jump in here and get the rest of these. Uh, thank you to Chester's Prophet. Thank you to definitely you. not Guillermo del Toro. Of course. Thank you to Brian who Tom knows. It's true. Thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you. Thank you to Steven. Thank, thank you. you to Down Home Chicken. Thank you to Han Toomey, the Confused Cyborg. Thank you. Thank you to Asking Seven. Thank you. Thank you to Hey, Fuck You, I'm Happy Ed. Thank you. Thanks to Dracula, the Bus Driving Vampire. Thank you. Thank you to Tiger Drawers, Pratt Thompson, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Not thank singing you. it this week. Not not feeling it. Uh, thank it's you to Dan hot. Hackroyd. <laughs> thank you, Dan. Yeah. Sorry. Thank it's you. tired. It's so hot outside. Uh, it's so hot. I'm, just, I'm not feeling uh, like singing about rain right now. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, cool. God. Okay, yeah. so like we were kind of hinting at, at the beginning, E3 was this week, so we were we're kind of light on movie new movie trailers this week, but we got a lot of video game stuff from E3, um, which connects. I had the same experience that Jason was bringing up watching E3 this year, and I was getting a little bit of it last year, but yeah, this year it's definitely like I just I don't get it. It's hard for me to get excited uh, about. Yeah. Uh, particularly about video games like i still will with um movies and stuff which we're gonna get to but like i was wondering if it's because i'm getting older that it's just i've played mm. so many video games at this point in my life that it's just like i can already look at a video game and even if it's something that's like this is gonna revolutionize how you play and here's how like i can already tell exactly what the experience is gonna be like and it's all it's like 99 percent of the time it's an experience i've had before um, yes. Yes. Here's here's the thing. Yeah. AAA games have never looked better and are uh, just terrible lately. I feel like this is personal opinion. The games that have wowed me are, for example, uh, Phasmophobia, yes. which is on Steam. Yeah. Uh, like indie a fifteen dollar indie game in early access. <laughs> yeah, games that it's like I've never seen this done before, and much like how movies work. The big money makers, they're like, yeah, open world, third person, uh, you know, first person shooter. Yeah. It's it's all it's all basically the same thing. With like skill trees and stuff. They're the action RPG element. Yeah, um, exactly. To the point that as Jason pointed out, there's no GTA six advertised here because they're still just doing They're making GTA so 5. much money on GTA online. Like why would they ever stop? Yeah. <laughs> It was um, the, like the last I brought that up in the intro because Grand Theft Auto Five, Grand Theft, like each of these games were like, here's now what's possible on this these new machines. Mm-hmm. The Grand Theft right. Auto games, the breadth of the world, the size, the graphics, you know, these games cost five hundred million dollars to make. They were always the benchmark of this is what games can do now, and you know the humorous, horrible, and the gameplay is always janky. But I've got a lot of hours in GTA games because I would just go out and jet ski for a while. And there's just always stuff to do. And, and it's it's fun. It, it, so the fact that there's no GTA 6, as far as I know, they're not even working on one. They might be. And I know they just did Red Dead Redemption 2. But the, all of those teams, I think, are just pumping out new material for GTA Online. And this is where, this is where I guess how we know we're out of touch. Because if you go look on Twitch, which I guess is where people go to watch video games, and so that's what the kids are into, mm-hmm. they are playing, you know, GTA Online role playing, Minecraft, Among Us, uh, some Fall Guys, still a ton of Call of Duty, Warzone. Mm-hmm. It's all of this stuff where it's like you and either two hundred strangers, or you and a bunch of friends 
and you're making your own fun, you know, because the right. GTA online stuff, I don't know if people know, like the whole role playing thing there is fascinating, but it's not yeah. my thing. I, my, I don't need that, that new kind of social anxiety in my life where I'm, <laughs> I have to play yeah. video games in front <laughs> of the hardcore RP. Oh yeah. D- Dave, got, Dave, you and Abe crashed a server was, as pigs, right? I was about to say they got very angry with me and Abe Epperson when we uh, found out you could pl- role play, you could do choose animals, and we ch- chose two boars and walked around <laughs> being like, "Yeah, we're fucking boars. What's up?" And they did not care for our boar <laughs> role play at all. Uh, we we thought it was great, but yeah, they 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 take it very seriously, yeah. and and I will say. They take it seriously, but they they still have a sense of humor, I want to note, because when you're like, if you role play in that world, but as a chuckle fuck, as long as you're keeping the role play going, they will roll with it. They'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. These guys, like some of these servers are just happy to see strangers because it's the same 10 people. Uh, Yeah, it's a whole complicated and weird world that like, I did it a little bit, but like you said, Jason, it's exhausting. to like i don't know try to keep that up well you're performing you got to be on yeah uh Um, which is exhausting it's fine (laughs) it's just i i guess again this is maybe it's just an age thing because of the schedule and the amount of energy we have to devote to it we're looking for the stuff that people were excited about at one time, like Beyond Good and Evil 2 yeah. was a game that people wanted for like, feels like 20 years. Yeah. And they came out with that trailer at, at E3 2017. It's like, yes, finally they're working on it. And now there's like that project lead left, I think. I have no idea if it's ever going to come out. But also, I don't know if anybody cares that it's not coming out. Right. Um, I would love there a new is... Dead Rising game. That franchise is completely dead as far as I know. There's no Part 5 being worked on. It, like, the stuff that I used to think of as... Because, again, Dead Rising, well, this is ancient history, but when the Xbox 360 came out, game that can give you 10,000 zombies to kill, that was the big system. Like, look at what this hardware can do. So once upon a time, that franchise was like, hey, this is this is the new benchmark, but that's it's long forgotten now. Right. Yeah, are you familiar with Rust, Jason? Because that's a game sure. kind of oh, sure. on on the up. That's like feels like where games are going now, and it is exhausting. And it, yeah. it does feel it's not necessarily age, but it's time. Where like Rust think, is a game. I think time is related to age, it, yes. especially when oh, we're talking it, about it video usually, games. Yeah, it usually is. But like you know, if you're unemployed during the pandemic and you're like, well, I got a lot of time, Rust would be perfect because it's a game that literally punishes you for not playing it. You have to build exactly. a fort. Yeah, you have to build a fort in the game, and the fort degrades unless you log in and add more supplies to the fort. So it it sucks you in in this way that's terrifying and i could see being a teenager on your summer break uh you know being able to get into that but like yeah at my age like i played rust for like maybe maybe a couple months with some people and then we were like this is we can't do this it's exhausting yeah i think the the common thread here is it's games as a service is what's happening yeah And um, as yeah. a games as your social life. Yes. Like right. if you're playing Among Us every weekend with your friends and you have, you know, your teenagers, you got you got time. Like you you spend a, a certain amount of your energy and time to socializing and making friends and meeting people. And gaming is where that happens now. Yeah. Instead of when I was 
you know, that age, and it was all about going to the clubs. You know, we were, I was always mm-hmm. at, always at the, at the clubs, always at the club. Now they made a rust, <laughs> a rust competitor starring Conan the Barbarian in which you could give your character a gigantic dong. I know. And the game is that sucked. Still, oh, is it, is it still out? Did, did they it's, shut it down? Yeah, it's still out there. You can't, you can't, you can't increase your dong size in the console version, which is a drag. Uh, but they're still updating it. It's just, it's like Rust. It's such a hardcore survival game that it's just it's um, off-putting to new players. Right. Yeah. A lot of these games. The first time I played Rust was alone, and it lasted less than an hour. And it ended with me going, "Okay, I guess fuck me," and closing the game. Yeah. <laughs> and being like, "All right, I, I guess uh, you know everybody sucks, uh, and I hate it." You 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 definitely have to pick up these games like with a group mm-hmm. and be prepared to like even then be horribly frustrated. And I get the appeal because they're tr- they're trying to create their own almost cinematic moments within the game organically. Yeah. Organically, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's stuff in between like Subnautica, which is like on rails but open world. So, but yeah, survival games, man. They're, yeah, they're, it's... we people love them right now, including me. Well, even the Battle Royale games create those moments. Like, you get down to the final five people in Fortnite or PUBG or any of the many, many BR, like, knockoffs. And it, like, the, it organically creates these incredibly tense moments where the area yeah. is shrinking and the play area is shrinking. You've, you've all invested an hour in staying alive, and it's just you versus the other people who were good enough. It's stuff that you couldn't script as well if it was just a story-based you know, if you were playing like an Uncharted 4 and doing this big action set piece, it would not be as tense as that moment when you're up against four other actual human beings who all want to win as badly as you do. It's just that those those final four people all have 2,000 hours in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they've powered up all the gear and they've got the custom skins and Fortnite. It's, you know, it's John Wick or whatever. Because you can watch streams of people playing Fortnite and it's, it's like pro athletes and all of it get in on it. And it creates like great organic moments, but it's where it's that point where the gaming industry realized, oh, we can save a bunch of money just by letting people write their own stories because GTA Online just prints money. Yes, God. And I don't know. Yeah. E3 this year felt like it was either a combination of like, yeah, Battlefield, which is trying to be that or games that feel kind of behind yeah, uh, let's like, uh, let's start talking about some of these specific yeah, trailers. Uh, Avatar, uh, Fr- Frontiers, Frontiers of, Pandora. of Pandora. Sure, I mean an Avatar video game makes sense. An Avatar video game, uh, thirteen years after the movie came out, it's a little strange. I mean, I know they're gearing up for the sequels, which are going to come out any day now. Mm-hmm. Um, get promise, uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. It feels like we keep trying to make Avatar happen, and I don't. It's going to be fascinating when these when's, sequels finally come out. When when do they? When's the next movie come out? App- apparently next Christmas, next December. Yeah. Okay, we'll see because that's like the sixth time the dates have this, been moved. This trailer for the game is nothing. It's just it's just clips from the movie. It's yeah. or could they could be scenes from the movie. It's like they climb on the dragon thing and the flying monster thing, and they do 
Avatar stuff, it doesn't look cutting edge. The graphics, at least not on YouTube, it doesn't. It looks like something that could have been PS4. Yes. It's, it's Ubisoft, so is it going to be a thing where we've got a map and we unlock towers to reveal more of the map and there's 8 million side missions to go do? Is that going to be the format? Probably. I think so. Uh, on the Ubisoft webpage, they describe it as a first-person action-adventure game. I'm very surprised by first-person because are you playing as a human in this? Because I, I sure hope not. Uh, and it feels like to be one <laughs> of these aliens. exterminating the... Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember the, the name flame of the flamethrower through the jungle. <laughs> oh, yeah, can I be Giovanni Ribisi and just, just like destroy the planet? Just clearing and take out the map its... to subdue to subdue yeah. Pandora for uh, development yeah. so tear, oil companies. Tear the unobtainium from the hands of, of infant Pandorians. That, yeah. like, <laughs> Far Cry six is coming out. I'll buy it. Sure. Oh, yeah. They're they're fine. Those games are fine. It, it's a very mindless thing of just slowly clearing all of your errands. Uh, it's just you get your to do list. You just go do it, and it's yeah, yeah, fine. Sim. Yeah. Uh, you know the same as the Assassin's Creed. It's like there's reason they can crank out these games at the rate of one a year. <laughs> it's like oh here, man, yeah. Here's two hundred more errands for you to run as your guy. <laughs> here's a camp for you to clear. Here's here's a stealth <laughs> some stealth kills. That's fine. I didn't get too far in the new Assassin's Creed, but like the only mini mission, because the map was already starting like packed with them. And the only one I did was this woman by a lake and she was like, I dropped my hairbrush in the lake and you have to just dive to the bottom and get it. And that's it. And I was like, come on, guys. Why did we need this? Like, why did we need this mini game? It's, it's, it's like they just are trying to cram as many as they possibly can. Uh, and I, I, I don't know the point of it. It's it's just to make people compulsively have to clear their maps, right? Yeah, it's like to give just, players something more to do. They, the, every, the goal here is to keep everybody playing for as long as possible. Right. It's weird that like the, the one AAA game I will say that really stood up out was, of course, Red Dead 2. And I, it feels like more games should take a cue from them, which is like their mini games happened organically, which was really impressive, you know? Like, you would be riding your horse and someone would stop you on the side of the road and have something for you to do. Uh, that was really smart because it made the world feel big, that the things just happen to you as opposed to, like, go to this marking on the map and a thing will happen and it'll always be there. It'll never not happen. You can go there at any time of day and they'll be there waiting, waving their arms for help. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. If the, you, the hairbrush uh, is not going to swim back up to her, Dave. She's got to wait <laughs> for someone, for, for some hero, some champion of legends to come help her get her hairbrush. Get her brush. That said, like, is I would be shocked if there's ever a Red Dead Redemption three. Like, I don't know if yeah. they're still in the business of making that that game. I, like, if you look at the amount of money they made from that versus what they spent. Versus what they'll make from just updating Red Dead Online forever. I don't know if they'll... I don't know. Because Battlefield doesn't have a first-player campaign. Like, why? Yeah. Why why bother? So, yeah, we have Uh, the new Battlefield trailer, too. And, yeah, it's... it's, Call of Duty feels the same way, where they're just like... Yeah. The last Call of Duty, the campaign is like an afterthought. Uh, And I used to play those games for the campaigns. They were amazing campaigns. 
Uh, and they don't. Yeah, and I was just, under the impression that like half the players were, but I think it's just a cost thing—the cost to do it versus how much money you can make just by, because uh, you know, like the uh, Warzone is, I, I think, the name of the the battle royale, the Call of Duty battle yeah. royale, and that's free to play. But of course, there's the endless microtransactions where you can purchase trinkets for your gun and outfits and all that stuff, and it's just free money. You're right. just you got to maintain the servers and occasionally update, but it's just constantly people. All of these games is people complaining about hackers and cheaters and and all right. of that. And because it's like, well, they don't really care. And it's like, well, yeah, they they don't because you're you're going to keep playing it and you're going to buy an outfit for your character that doesn't exist. That you're going to pay real money for it, and it, you know, like Fortnite, I have no idea how much they've made from Fortnite, but it has to have made more oh, money billions. than any than billions. any movie franchise in history. Like it's just astonishing. So, okay, this is where gaming is. I think because, like, I own a PlayStation Five that I bought because I one day my my Best Buy somehow got like six six of them in, and I just walked out with one. Right, and but. It's not that, like, I get that there's no games when the console first comes out. That's fine. But this E3, after the consoles have shown up, that following E3 is usually dazzling. Yeah, when you start to see, like, the real, this is everything that people like, were still working on when the console launched. Yeah. It's going to show up in year two or three. This is the, you know, this is where, you know, GTA 3 showed up in the P- PS2 cycle. This is where, like, the big hitters, the machine's been around long enough. They've had time to develop for it. And this is where the ne- the stuff that really looks next gen. Because the first round of games just look like slightly sharper last gen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't see that at this, at this show. I didn't see even like concept trailer stuff. You know, the stuff that's three years away, but it's like, well, here's the thing that's coming. I didn't even see that myself. I, I could have missed it. And no, I didn't see anything either. Um, yeah, I know a lot of, I know some de- developers and publishers were sitting uh, this year out just because you know last year was such a, uh, and, and and it's and I think Sony a similar wasn't thing there with, at all, right? No, no, and like Nintendo's never there; they do their own thing. Um, but like it's with this and with like Comic Con uh, last year and this year, I think a lot of people just aren't presenting because they figure, well, why? It, it, you know, it's they they try to throw the same event digitally and they end up getting like two thousand viewers. Although I think this one did pretty well, the C three. But anyway, that could be a factor this year. But who knows? I don't know. It. it yeah. <laughs> it's just like i can't stress enough that this year the game that blew me the w- away more than any was a game made by i believe like one or two people yeah uh, sure. where you just go into a house and you ghost hunt and it was like i've never seen anything like this where you go in with like the ghost hunting equipment that you see on the the dumb tv shows mm-hmm. and you're just trying to detect a ghost and it's really creepy and like you know that that game they're they're still updating it and so on and so forth and that's like it's it's got bugs it's not a perfect game but it was like i've just never seen anything this innovative and all it took is like one person thinking it up and like imagine if this person got the budget of one of these games so like yeah this avatar thing it's just like jesus like (laughs) this is all you got or like the marvel guardians of the galaxy it's it looks like it's just kind of an on rails 
Yeah. It looks uh, fine. It's a third-person third person. action game. It's fine. It looks like it could have been on the PS4 three years ago. Yeah. it's The, the, the cutscenes are... They don't have the likenesses to the actors, so you got a thing where it's the same... They're using the movie version of these characters, like their personalities, but they can't... Uh, they can't look like uh, they can't look Chris, like Pratt. Chris Pratt. And, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, the same thing with their Avengers game that just came out. Yeah, it's it's it'll be this will probably I don't know if it'll be a live service game. I don't know. I I just assume they all are or all will be at some point. I know Ubisoft just straight up came out and said this is where it's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't want to be the old man like, like games games suck now, but it's I I I only I bought a PlayStation Five because that's what I do. I buy the new machine when it comes out. I, yeah, right. I didn't even really like ponder the purchase. It's just this is what you do. It's <laughs> the yeah. new machine is here, and you and you buy it, consumer. This is how it works. And uh, we've not given you any kind of a reason to do that, but uh, that's not how capitalism. We don't buy things because we need them. Right. That's not the system it, we're in. I did the opposite. I've yet to buy one, and I'm not resisting it. I just haven't had a reason to. They haven't showed me a game where I'm like, oh, like I think Her- Horizon, the, that sequel, will be the thing that'll make me buy it. Like I'm not holding out or anything, but I just think that I, I don't think it's about getting older. I think gaming has just gotten more fragmented like everything else. Like just having spent a lot of time on Steam, I, I for the first time have a PC that I can play games with and uh, there's just so much there. There's a lot on PC, yeah. yeah. I, I think it... Yeah, definitely. It's it's every everything we consume now is so curated. Uh, so right. I think that's definitely a part of it. And um, if you like a game, there's games that's just like this game is fifteen dollars, yeah. and you're gonna spend a year playing it. You know. I also uh, <laughs> I don't know if if you guys have had this problem with the last year. I've gotten real fatigued. Uh, just the act of playing video games, just period. Regardless <laughs> of what game it is, I've. Because I've I've probably played over the last like fourteen fifteen months just like a lot of other people because we couldn't go anywhere, you know an average of six to eight hours of video games a day oh, yeah. for oh, an yeah. entire year and it's like you know it's like man twelve year old me would be so excited and it's like it's definitely too much birthday so, yeah <laughs> like I'm seeing all these new games and it's just like I don't care about any of this I know exactly what all of these experiences are going to be right it's just. Yeah, there, I think there's a bit of that with movies, and that de- I think that has to do with getting older. Is you start, you're like, yeah, I've seen it all, you know. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of things. So, like, in order to get me excited, I, I want to, you know, I need something that's just unique that I haven't seen before, and that's getting harder. Well, with video games, the technology always carried that. The, you know, the whole yeah. thing was because with movies. You know, it, we we weren't like waiting for them to invent new kinds of movies. It was always about right. the, the new the new franchise, the new actor, the new star. But with video mm-hmm. games, it was always about well, the next round of hardware. You know, and you can mark. You know, the Nintendo sixty four brought three D to gaming, and then the PlayStation two and PlayStation three brought the open world games for the first time, where you got you know this enormous map, like the truly new format of game. Like, still everything is open world, or, it, like, there's these few, and I think a lot of people hope that the VR that would be that. 
Um, I've never felt motivated to get a VR headset like for the PlayStation or one of the, the PC headsets. Like that's just not, there's no way to fit that into my lifestyle. Right. So if that's the next technological leap, like I think that'll always be a niche product, like product for like high end players, uh, hobbyists. But I think it'll, it'll like, continue getting more affordable, but yeah, it, there's, it's but, definitely the format itself is just limited to what it can do. You can't play it as long. Yeah. Um, it's it's never even. Uh, I I think the same thing about like even if we got to the holodeck technology, <laughs> uh, if it was like that's you want to go, that's like, what all of this is for, Dave. Right, but if someone was like, you want to go to the holodeck and like sword fights, like no, I want to sit on my couch and do that. Like I can just sit on my couch and do that. That's that's what we get. Like doing an activity. I I have VR and I use it because during the pandemic. I got an Oculus and I got Beat Saber and it kept me moving <laughs> while being stuck indoors. And that's what VR really is good for is like, it's like future exercise. It's like, yeah. oh, this is cool. You get, you're like, I feel like I'm in fucking the movie Hackers here doing Beat Saber. Uh, and there's, there's a value to that. And it, and it also is very similar to going on. There's a lot of VR that's just like you sit and go on this ride. Like go here's the blast off to the moon experience, you know? So it kind of takes the place of like theme parks more than it takes the place of video games. I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is when you think of it as like bringing a theme park to your house, uh, that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But it, it, yeah, it's never going to be, I agree with Jason. It's never going to like take the place of like your primary console or machine. No. At least Um, not for a while. And even yeah. through this entire discussion, we've completely ignored the biggest market now, which is mobile. Yeah, right. Which, which I don't. I, I spend so much time staring at my phone anyway. I, I I've never played a mobile game that didn't make me kind of feel like I had wasted my time. Mm-hmm. It just it's just like oh, this is a mindless piece of software that's trying to lure me into a trance versus like taking me on some sort <laughs> of wondrous journey or, or whatever. Yeah, it's, you don't get the. Um... Part of why I play, and I think I've heard you say this before too, Jason, but part of the reason why I like playing video games is is immersion. Like I like to be, I I like the transportive experience that the games can have. You you def don't get that with a mobile phone game. Yeah, yeah, and if you go into the like the the app store to shop for like what's the new good game, like oh, good luck. Good oh, luck. Yeah. Good luck trying to sift through the stuff that's like shady and the stuff that's the the shady revenue model. And uh, it's like good luck trying to actually find. You know, there's a million imitators that all looks like the same game. It's just such a. I sometimes feel like that that way when trying to shop on Steam because it's so hard to tell the difference between is this an actual good game or is this like a, a half finished thing. Uh, right. You know, it, and it's so overwhelming because it's. I don't know. I guess I'm just used to somebody telling me this is the new big game that you're going to buy. But uh, that, yeah, those days are are probably. I need to. I need to see the Nintendo official seal of quality. (laughs) (laughs) VR. That's the scary thing about VR. VR is very much like kind of leaning in the mobile direction, where you can find these games that are cheaply made VR that very feel very similar to mobile apps. in that it's it's still the uh it's the novelty of its vr you know so they're like look at this you're you're it's a luge simulator 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd play only that. five dollars, and it's like okay. I guess I'm buying a loose <laughs> yeah. simulator for five dollars. It is interesting that they pivoted away from mo- like mobile is still obviously uh, it's it's a big market and it still generates money, but it's not like the future of gaming like so many companies claimed it was five six years yeah. ago. What is wild um, is I played the Call of Duty mobile game. It is shockingly like Call of Duty. Like you're playing online with yeah. other people. I've played, and I was just I've played like, Fortnite the on the phone. Yeah, it's it works yeah. pretty well. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, these are powerful machines yeah. these days. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're miracle um, devices that we just carry around and take for granted. Yeah. Uh, the final trailer here, Atomic Heart, that I included. We've been talking about um, this since the hype cast began, Dave. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, really? So, what's the story with it? It's some it, Russian. It's like a Russian game that looks like a mix between um, Fallout and uh, what is that? The Outer Worlds. Right. Yeah. It's like that. It's, it's definitely stalker vibes, where they're like, "Ready, ready, any minute now. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll 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 put it out soon." Uh, but it looks. It looks great. It, it's just. Yeah. I feel it, like it, it's the third or fourth trailer we've talked about since 2018. Right. And I don't want to go. It looks great, but it isn't necessarily innovative because it's kind of. It, it's that thing where the gameplay looks like every other game. Yeah. It looks like Bioshock. Uh, it just, yeah. It just looks nice. And that's something, you know? Like, there's value to that. What was the game where you're um, psychic and you're you're flipping things around and. You're in that building, that office building. Control. 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 Yeah, that was one of those games where ultimately it's like it's no different than being like playing a Star Wars game, uh, but it's just a very unique setting, and there's yeah, the a set, value. To yeah, that. the setting is yeah, like a like a movie. You know, the setting yeah. is 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 important, um, and I enjoy the setting of this game. Yeah, I do too. And if it has a good story, then yeah, good for you know, like The Last of Us as a game gameplay wise. It's not different than an Uncharted, but it's we we play it because of the story, and you know there's yeah. something unique from it. Uh, <laughs> Those games are funny to me because like I often get irritated when it makes me play. Like I just want to yes. keep watching the story. <laughs> yeah, and they're like you have to get past this. It's like, this... God damn it! I just want to see what happens next. Yeah, especially if you you enter in this little courtyard and there's a bunch of little waist high walls there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. It's gonna yeah. be, I'm going to have to kill 75 people in cover-based, yeah. one-at-a-time yeah. cover-based combat. Tedious-ass uh, shooting, cover shooting. So, yeah. But no, are they making another Witcher game? Is it a Witcher 4? I know that Cyberpunk 2077 was the last when we were talking about big, Oof, big properties. Yeah. People were excited yeah. about that had been the one for several years for a whole bunch of people. Is there? Are they doing another Witcher game? Or are they out of the Witcher business? I know they just renegotiated with the creator of The Witcher, so that he because he kind of got boned. I don't know if you've ever read about that. He he sold the rights basically to CD Projekt Red for a song, and then like that franchise is huge because of the video games like that you know i don't think anybody would argue with that but he wasn't making as much uh, and they there was some beef between them for a while but they recently renegotiated with him which they haven't announced anything but a lot of people agree that it's probably a good sign that they want to make more games but there's no like that could be 
it, it could be PlayStation eight, Six. Eight years probably. from now, yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be the next Cyberpunk. Literally, we're waiting yeah. eight years for it. Yeah, we could be living in Cyberpunk universe <laughs> when that comes out. It could be out for holodeck. Um, all yeah. right, before we before we get into movies, uh, any other E three things? Anything? Uh, any a games? Two D Metroid. Metroid. Yeah. Dread, which I'm sure will be extremely polished and very good. I, I think my reflexes have gotten too old and degraded to, <laughs> for to be anything but frustrating to me. Because when I was a, a teenager playing the whichever Metroid that I played on Super NES and that nailing those Super Metroid, nailing yeah. those wall jumps after 655 attempts, <laughs> uh, not something I have the patience to do now. Yeah. That is the game. I already knew Stalker Two was coming out, so this is the game of E3 that made me go. Ooh. Yeah, this is yeah, like, this is I the am... one because they keep Nintendo does this every goddamn. Nobody hates their own fan base more than Nintendo. <laughs> they always give you not what you want. Like they give you like enough of what you want, but not quite to like make it like shitty. Um, right. So, like, they for like so many years, they kept being like, "It's a new Metroid game, and it's first person." You're like, what? They, what is this? <laughs> yeah, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and then, guys? like last year, they were like, "It's a new 2D Metroid game. That's a remake of an older game, and it's only coming out on the DS." Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why and, do like, you hate us? And like this year, like they keep not bringing the shop channel to Switch, so it's like there's so many like all the games you could get on the Wii Shop channel, which is like all the big ones from '64, like Super Mario, Ocarina of Time, everything, like. 95% of those cool, awesome games that were a big reason for at least all of my friends to buy Nintendo systems is because you have access to the e- to the uh, Nintendo shop that has all of the uh, old games on it. They refused yeah. to bring any of those to the Switch. So, like, people were coming into this this year being like, okay, Ocarina of Time, they've, they did, you know, they did Mario 64 last year. They've got to do Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask this year because that's, like, the big one that everybody's waiting for. Right. Uh, outside of like GoldenEye, which is not going to happen for because of licensing issues, right? Um, but so like they don't say they they don't say shit about Zelda. They're like, here's some Breath of the Wild stuff that comes out next year. Uh, nothing about Ocarina of Time. Uh, but then they drop this Metroid game on us, which yeah. is cool and is what people have wanted for a long time. But it's like not quite. I don't know. Nintendo's I, bizarre. No, other, I feel like PlayStation is better about being like, yeah, here's a bunch of our old games. Uh, we're not going to ask you for much. Nintendo is like, hey, remember how you spent $60 on Mario 64? Don't you want to spend $60 again for it? Like, I, I get that they wrapped it in a bunch of other games. Yeah. But I had been waiting for so goddamn long just for Mario 64. Yeah. And it, and then this is how they gave it. And it's like, ah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that it does feel like the story of Nintendo. That is a lot what of they going, do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But gotta play Mario. Yeah, they, that's 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 like the Nintendo motto: is what are you gonna do? Not buy it? Exactly. <laughs> it's like fine. <laughs> I guess I'll buy Mario sixty four for the fifth time in my yeah. life. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks, I, I have no one to blame but myself. Yeah, and Nintendo. <laughs> and Nintendo. <laughs> but yeah, Metroid. I, I I'll play the shit out of this on Switch. Yeah. Uh, I I was very resistant of Switch for a while, and I've been seeing the value. Hades is what did it for me, where I was like, oh, I can sit in bed and play Hades. Mm -hmm. I get it. I absolutely get 
this little device uh, and the value. But until that point, I was like, yeah, just put it on the TV, you know? I don't know. Um, it's great when you have to travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting on a plane. Oh, wonderful. Good stuff. Uh, so we're, I'm going to give us a slow transition to movies with a movie based on a game. Yeah. Dynasty right? Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Unless this why is did, a sh- is this a show? I don't know. I don't know why we I don't know why this is happening, but I'm not against it. What do you guys think? I think it has that weird digital cheapness that so many Netflix originals have. I we've probably brought it up on this show before. I cuz there's there's whole theories about it because The Witcher looked cheap for its budget that Jupiter's legacy show and I've pasted in a screenshot. <laughs> yeah, you did. Like that show cost $200 million according to rumor and does not look like it cost $200 million. <laughs> it looked like somebody embezzled that money. Um, it, and like the guy, I don't know if that's Jupiter in the center there. It, some of you it is, it, yeah. listening, if you've never seen, go, go Google it. Uh, the guy has a really, f- a really flat crotch, but not in the way that you're thinking it's like a, a polygonal yeah. cod piece. It, it, looks, yeah. it looks like the edge of a of a die of like a of a specialized die or something. Uh, it's just weird. And but even like you, the, the Witcher, like there's something with the lighting that's very flat. Where even if they're shooting outdoors, it looks like a soundstage. And these costumes are not cheap, but they're made to look cheap. These sets are not cheap. They look cheap. And there's something with the digital format Netflix requires or the encoding or something that gives this weird... I don't see it in Stranger Things. But in a lot of other Netflix original shows or stuff, even stuff they've they've bought, it's got this weird... I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's not... Because it's cheap, but it's like... It's cheap in a way that it's like too clean or something it's yeah it's people were had that complaint when the first hobbit came out and i wonder if it's a similar problem because the issue there was like the resolution was too high or like the reef something it was something about frame rate it was 60 frames per second there you go there you go that was a very different specific issue because that was a television frame rate on that so people were like feeling like they're watching a soap opera um it just like it's funny how film works because film is like 24 frames per second. And when you up that, we start thinking about video, even though that's technically, you know, more frames. That's got to be better, right? But there's a, there's a certain like, I don't know, where, where our brains are used to seeing like grain, grainy film mm-hmm. or like kind of out of focus. And when it starts getting like sharp and crisp and you can see every frame, it just doesn't feel cinematic to us uh and it's it's funny how that works yeah like it's not necessarily fair <laughs> like but it like well, no, the it's, hobbit they're like come on it's it's beautiful and it's like it's it, it just looks wrong and then when like like you look at the matte paintings in the lord of the rings or the models versus these like ultra sharp cgi models that they did in the hobbit and you're like this looks worse it just looks worse. The softness of the film grain used to hide a lot of flaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it made, you know, it, you know, those costumes, if you saw them in person, it would be clear that it's a costume. But in, in, in a film, lit like a film, you know, it, it's, it just it hides it. It makes it look more like more real or whatever. But 
like if you just anyone listening to this, you can just Google screen grabs of Jupiter's legacy and you'll see what I mean. It's too it's too clearly a costume. You can see the plastic. And I think I felt like the Hobbit movies were like that too. There were shots where it was so clear which of this is a digital effect, which of this is a matte painting, and which of this is a physical set. Because the resolution is so high and it's so clear, it's like, oh, I can see the distinction. Mm-hmm. This green rock in the foreground is a painted piece of wood or something. And that stuff in the background is a digital matte painting. And they're standing in front of a green screen. You, you could see it. It didn't matter that they spent oh, yeah. $200 million on it. You could see like the demarcation because it's too clear. And, and the like the quality of the sets and stuff don't necessarily keep up with it. And I think like with the Mandalorian, they had that new technique where they're shooting mm-hmm. in front of like a literal, just a big movie screen. Yeah. And I think that was their attempt to like defeat that. Cause it's like, well, it's actually, we can control the resolution of the set behind them. Uh, and so it all kind of looks like it's more, you know, more all part of the same world or something. Oh yeah. I know that things like when we shot to, di- went to digital and, things got more high def like people like makeup artists were like oh shit yeah like because it's a i remember the first time i noticed was watching the matrix sequel which is shot on film i just looked it up but i remember being like oh i can see their makeup like they're they are wearing makeup yeah uh and it it just became very obvious yeah Uh, there's a lot of like when you were talking to the vadi guys about the thing remake there's a lot of like filmmaking tricks and techniques that are built around taking advantage of the limitations of film. Right. And you don't get that. <laughs> when, no. when you watch these like 4k resolution, uh, shows like Jupiter's legacy where it, it looks like you're sitting on stage. Yeah. Uh, and there's, yeah, now that everything is done so digitally, I think I like that Lion King remake where it's like, <laughs> oh, this is, Looks looks like lions. Looks like lions. Wasn't the only problem no. with that? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The fact that digital lions can't emote, they can't make exactly. facial expression. It's one of those where it's like mm, <laughs> maybe you should have made this less realistic. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's very hard to pin it down because it's a series of things. Yeah, I think it's how digital effects work. I think it's like where the budget, where the budget goes to the fact that they're looking for like, you know, the people who can do the lowest bidding on the visual effects. Mm-hmm. They go to different places for the visual effects, like the the directors, the people in charge. They don't really get to really like have that like it's that thing where they're shooting and they're like, OK, we're already rendering what this is going to look like in the background and to be to be a director and to look at something and be like, I want it differently. They're like, OK, you understand that's going to cost us like three months. <laughs> like it, it's the rendering three months the and process. like 20 million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just like uh, the process is is so different. And you'd think they'd care more about pre-production for that reason, but they don't really seem to. Uh, and I don't know. It, it's, again, it's hard to pin down one thing, and it's different for every every uh, every production, I feel like. So... But this is, I yeah. guess, there, this feels... The thing I'm pointing out is, like, almost specifically a Netflix thing. Like, I don't see it in The Boys on Amazon Prime. I don't see it on any Disney Plus shows. There's something about Netflix, for whatever reason, that I – and 
I don't know, maybe it's just me, but there's oh, like a pr- specific cheapness to it or just the way, I don't know, there's like a specifically unpleasant look to things. They probably have like their own post-production process and like their own like, because oh, one of the big things is the people who do the um, the coloring like in post-production and the reason we've always talked about it which is like why movies are all they all seem to look the same why do all the marvel movies kind of all look the same it's because they're hiring the same people and they're doing the same process so i bet there's a lot of that with netflix if this dynasty warriors because i'm not sure if this is something that netflix picked up after the fact you know, like was made and then Netflix bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think maybe they had a hand in the production of it. Um, but there, yeah, it does feel like there's always this like can conveyor belt that they all kind of go through. I know that like, I think this is true when Netflix has documentaries, they'll often like, I think they'll, when they buy the documentary, the, the B roll, they can go back and like polish that which is why it's the same like drone footage of the town, you know, uh, because they're, yeah, they're sending true. people out. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they're like, okay, we bought this now. Now we're going to polish it a little bit. It's cheap. It's cheap. You just take the same person out to go do this thing. Uh, that's, I, I think what a lot of this stuff might be as well, but I'm not, again, I'm not certain. I'm kind of talking out of my ass here. That's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds good. Uh, it doesn't it? It now sounds the, uh, great. <laughs> the Dynasty Warriors trailer itself. Uh, I mean, I'm going to watch this. It looks absolutely <laughs> bonkers, just like the games are. <laughs> yeah, this was a trailer where like, I, I saw it, but my brain didn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much happening that I was like, ah. Right, it's, like trying to rem- it's like trying to recall what happened at a specific moment during a car accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely okay but this is what's weird about even having this conversation because this next next one we've got is a, another netflix original it's a movie called a classic horror story mm-hmm. in both cases normally when you watch a trailer you're watching it because you're making a decision oh will i go buy a ticket to see this yeah or will i pay to rent this from blockbuster back in the olden days well i'm everyone listening to this virtually everyone either has netflix or you're borrowing a netflix password from somebody so mm-hmm. what's the decision like even the effort it took to watch the trailer it's just as easy like netflix will just auto feed you this movie when it comes out on their platform no matter what You'll just be watching something, and then suddenly you'll be watching this movie. There's no decision to make because it'll just appear on your screen, and either you'll continue watching it or you won't. But there's no, like, as a consumer, there's no decision to be made. It's free. You know, basically, <laughs> you're already paying for Netflix. Like, it's, yeah. there's no additional charge. So it's like the only investment is when Netflix makes this appear on my screen, do I stop it or do I just let it go? <laughs> it's right. Like, I'm fine. It's <laughs> Uh, so like this like we can sit here and talk about this movie it, it could be clever it's kind of weird how they presented it but ultimately as the listeners it's like well who cares i have netflix it'll it'll pop up on my screen at some point <laughs> yeah i guess i'll you're you like, am i sitting here worrying about whether or not i'm gonna let this thing stay on my screen it's it's free i'm not doing anything else yeah I, actually that that system they did where like yeah they just start playing the movie 
personally, that resulted in me just going on Netflix less. Like, I only go on Netflix if I know what if I, I want to watch. Because it's such a, you feel harassed. It's, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, just let me... And, it's it's the reason why a clerk didn't follow you around Blockbuster trying to get right. you to rent things. It's like just leave me alone and let me like browse. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'll just I'll surf on Hulu, I'll surf on I'll do the thing that they Netflix was hoping we'd do. I'll do it on other surfaces because I don't have to be blasted by noise every time I put down the controller, you know? I don't have to be punished for not moving through their app and it's it really seems counterintuitive to do that but i don't know i mean it's all it's all algorithm based i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure sure a spreadsheet told them this was a good idea it's the same those same minutes watched metrics that had everybody fooled by facebook and everybody like youtube content creators are driving themselves crazy because it's it's all about gaming the system and about you know youtube delivering you into and yeah i don't know netflix plays so much content to empty rooms (laughs) yeah, <laughs> or you fell asleep and it takes like an extra hour to ask you if you're still there or whatever uh, oh yeah a, a percentage of their customers are people who have died right <laughs> like <laughs> and that's and so they'll come out and they'll boast like oh the queen's gambit has been seen by 52 million people the most since the seinfeld finale it's like okay yeah. All right. You auto played it to 50 million of your 200 and some million users. <laughs> and that's how many couldn't find their remote or whatever they're using to control it. They're, they're, in my case, I'm using my PlayStation 4 to watch it. I couldn't find the controller fast enough. And so it played six minutes of it. It's like, boom, successful watch. Yeah. The same yeah, those, yeah. Those, those goddamn video metrics they kept feeding us. It's like, wow, this got 2 million unique streams on Facebook. It's like, oh, you mean when people <laughs> scrolled past it, yeah. you played three seconds of the video yep. before they continued scrolling. Right. Like, no, it all counts. It all. It, it, this will never come crashing yep. down on us. This, this, this is very real data. We're in no way manipulating it. There's got to yeah. be a drinking game among people <laughs> before, before the, the amount of time before I start complaining about the industry again. <laughs> But yeah, I think with this one, a classic horror story, mm-hmm. this is a case of the opposite where like, I think this was a, this was an indie film. I believe it's um, uh, uh, Italian horror film that I think just found a home at Netflix and now they're advertising for it is this. Yeah. The uh, title is a classic horror story. The only thing I can think of when they choose a title like that is they had to know anybody trying to Google that is screwed right because it's literally it's literally the the name of the movie is a classic horror story right yeah and like you google that yeah you're gonna get hopefully like i don't know the exorcist well Uh, or or a billion reviews and and posts using that phrase because i don't think this movie is a big enough deal to be the first result when somebody types the phrase a classic horror story right but it's like it's like naming your movie and like you just googling it yeah. would just not don't. work <laughs> don't um. <laughs> but otherwise i think this looks good but i do think like the name it clearly is telegraphing that it's going to be subversive it's like meta. a cabin and in like, the woods situation like jason yeah. called out in the notes and it, this is a hard thing i want to point out because the best subversive movies are the ones that i sit down not knowing yeah they don't tell like, you that they're subversive right. but there, it's definitely it's definitely a problem because a movie like you're next 
I, whenever I it, whenever I tell people about it, they're like, "Really? I just thought that was like a dumb slasher." And it's like, "Yeah, you would because the trailer was in on the the trick." Yeah. Uh, and so like they can't tell you that there's something cool in it, and therefore it might pass you by because you write it off as just another blank type of movie. So this is going the other way with it, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get why they're doing it. Uh, I get that frustration, but I, I it, this seems like uh, it when I know I'm. It's like watching a Saw movie. Like you know, there's a twist, so therefore you're constantly thinking about, okay, well, what's what's it gonna be? Uh, and then it kind of ruins it. Yeah, because you don't trust anything the movie's telling you, so you don't like allow yourself to experience any of it. You're just yeah. like you're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. So. Right, it's like a fucking street magician walks up to you, and you're like, "What? What are you? Yeah, up to? what is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's the game? It's the, it's the street magician of films. There we go. Yeah. Uh, should we go to the next one? Yeah. Uh, the birthday cake. This. What do you guys think? This is a fascinating trailer. It's a very. It appears to be a very small crime drama. Um, about like a mafia movie um, about some young guy and, and on his entrenched uh, surrounding mob family of uh, very famous character actors. Yeah. Val Kilmer's in it, and I guess in a non-speaking role. I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if well, he can speak yet. No, he, no he, he's lost his ability to speak legibly. Right. I, I don't know. I, I assume most listeners know that, that he had... Uh, Cancer, throat throat cancer, cancer, and took mm. out, took out his vocal cords or part of his tongue or whatever, and he can't. Um, otherwise, he seems to be doing fine, but he can't talk. So in this, yeah. like you see him in this trailer, but you never hear him say anything. So yeah. like he's just there, just being silent. But the trailer is full of familiar faces. Not, not Brad Pitt, but it's it's like a bunch of people who are veteran actors, and it's this like mafia type crime movie. But the director is this is like his first anything, like yeah. Uh, you write a director, it, so it's. I'm always interested in how projects like this come together. It's like, how did he get everyone to be in his? Sometimes, you know, it's. I don't know. Maybe it's like, well, uh, like a Reservoir Dog dog situation where you just get. It's a good script, and you just get the script to the right person, and that's how all these people get involved. From yeah. what I can tell, looking at his background, this director, uh, music videos, uh, worked with uh, Miley Cyrus, and so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of the time, the answer is money, right? Like, I remember being like, how yep. did being John Malkovich get made? And then you look into it, and you're like, oh, yeah, he has money. Uh, he's got, he's so got it, money and good good representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's maybe one producer who's like, I really want this to happen. Also, I highly suspect uh, that they're in it for maybe a couple scenes. Oh. It really feels that way from the trailer, doesn't it? Like, even yeah. Ewan McGregor, like, it's mostly that one guy. And yeah. so I wonder if they were like, we can afford a one known actor or a lot of really known <laughs> actors for a short amount of time. Yeah. Be on set for an hour. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I certainly yelped when Val Kilmer showed up. Oh, yeah. He's he's there, <laughs> man. Yeah. Didn't expect Val Kilmer's face. But, yeah, I don't know. I It's... It's so weird because, yeah, that we've run into a few movies like this where it's like the director hasn't done anything and it has some famous actor. Um, I think there's also an element of like, I think like J.J. Abrams was like working for, for decades before anybody knew his name. Yeah. 
He wrote to and, regarding Henry. Yeah. And we just didn't know him. And then he just, he had worked up the ladder enough for they're like, yeah, have a movie. Here's a movie for you. So I, I don't know. It could be, it could be so many different things. Uh, I mean, it's, I, it's, this, yeah, it's a legit strategy. We wouldn't be talking about this movie for any other reason if Val, oh, yeah. Val Kilmer and Ewan McGregor weren't in the trailer. This could also be a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like trailers, there's no way to know, but this, this, it's just a, it seems like it's just a mob movie. Um, yeah. It has to do with, a, a, it has to do with a guy b- reluctantly bringing a cake to his uncle's house. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's like a family tradition. And then there's, they seem to be, yeah, plugged into the mob. There seems to be some sort of insidious stuff going on. Uh, but that's really, I don't know. It, it doesn't tell uh, too much, which is good. It almost comes across uh, like it's almost in real time. Like it's like the whole yeah. movie is about him taking this cake across town and then everything, all the craziness unfolds in the course of that one. So I don't know. It could be interesting. What what platform is it going to be out on? Does it say? Uh, it doesn't. So this might just be. In theaters and on demand. Okay. Yeah, that's what it said. So I'm guessing a small theatrical release. I think this is like how indie films used to be, right? Small theatrical release and then uh, on streaming for most of the people who can see it. Um, So it's the thing is on streaming. Like I used to assume everything came would eventually come to like Amazon Prime, for example. mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays increasingly not true increasingly like people recommend a horror movie and i'll find out it's a shutter exclusive it's not on prime or or you're getting more of this fragmentation and it was just with a quiet place too i saw like the good reviews for it and thought you know what that's yeah i i I remember that first one being pretty good so i I started bringing up all of my various streaming services trying to figure out now is this an hbo max warner brothers thing or is this on prime I was like, oh, it's not on any of them. Does it? Does it not this weekend that it comes out? And then finally realized, oh, it's it's still in theaters. This is a this is the <laughs> way they used to do it. It's, yeah. it's going to be in theaters for months, and then months later it'll be on streaming. And I was almost like offended. It's like, right? What? <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> it is. It, it's it's uh, we've talked about this before but like there was a time when literally the government went to the theaters and was like you can't also own the movies uh you know that's that's a problem and we really need to do that again we need to get back to that yeah <laughs> where it's like pick a pick a lane are you are you a streaming platform that like offers rentals or are you a production company and you need to pick which and you need to be, you know, because it is that problem where, um, like I've said this about Apple TV, seems great. Never, never seen anything on it uh, because I just don't have Apple TV. I don't uh, have and, Disney Plus right now. I, this next, our next trailer is for that Picard, the Jean-Luc oh, Picard yeah. show, the second season of that. That's on freaking Paramount Plus. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah, why if on it earth do you shows think up, I would get that? <laughs> if you if if you want to have it show up on Prime or whatever on a delayed basis, that's one thing. I've never seen it on there. As far as I know, it can only be found on mm-hmm. Paramount Plus. I guess I'm told in the notes here that CBS All Access is no longer a thing. It's now Paramount yeah, Plus. Yeah, it, be, it became yeah. Paramount Plus. Yeah, 
I did know that CBS and Paramount were even the same company. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Viacom shows what I know. So, <laughs> uh, like, I've I've capped out on I I've got I've got uh, Apple because I got it for free with I think my iPhone. So I saw Ted Lasso, but that's it. I think. Mm-hmm. But this is too. It's too much. You're not. There's no way. There's enough shows on Paramount Plus. We can talk about Picard. Is the Picard show is it good? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it either. I'm going by <laughs> my parents who are huge Star Trek fans, and they are way more forgiving of the new stuff than I am. Like you know, like the Star Trek Discovery, they enjoy. That's a show I hate. Uh, they were just straight up like, yeah, it sucks. Which they rarely do, so I'm <laughs> guessing it's very bad. Um, and and I aren't I mean, you excited really to see out. very old Q? Yeah, I am very <laughs> excited to see very old Q. And I think so. Paramount Plus, you can now get it as like an add-on on Amazon, which every all of these services should do. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but Amazon is in charge of everything. Uh, like, it, uh, yes, nobody likes it, but like, yeah, you gotta have to have your streaming service available. Uh, and, uh, it, it, uh, so I might watch the Picard show, but it, from what I've heard the first season, it just, considering that it's invoking TNG, it's completely missing the point of it too. From what I heard there's, and what I mean is like, like in this show, Picard is like, seems to be really close to data and it's like but he wasn't data's friend in the series stuff like that where they like d- like it feels like the writers didn't watch the and they next probably generation. literally did not yeah yeah like the writing team they assembled like were you fans of the original show probably not something that even comes up i don't think that's how it works it's did yeah. you work on other successful shows not are you a are you a Trekkie or whatever? But I remember right. the, the trailers for the first season of Picard. It had there was a woman and she was like doing a lot of kung fu. Yeah, and then there was yeah. a shot of like seven of nine with a blaster in each hand, like mowing down a room full of people. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, this is the movie Star Trek. Yeah, TNG, where it's an action hero. Picard's an action hero thing. Obviously, he's too old to do the action hero stuff now, but it's like. Not the show, which the whole point is that a TV show can be made affordable because you can have an episode where they're just trapped in the Enterprise by some alien thing, and then they have to think their way through it and solve some philosophical puzzle. Like, that was the entire Star Trek thing for, like, 50 straight years, but not anymore. No, that's... Discovery, it's all these massive space battles, and it's mediocre Mm -hmm. CGI, and it's like... Okay. Is there yeah, just no so market for... Yeah, it's Star J.J. Abrams cruised through the Star Trek franchise and made it Star Wars. Yeah. But, like, it is exactly what you're saying. It's so funny because a Picard show with Patrick Stewart at this age, not unrealistic because of what you're saying, where yeah. he's like, yeah, he was never an action hero. No. So, like, you can have him do, you know, Be like a do diplomat, a story. Having to solve, yeah. like, these high-stakes alien things like you know again it's not that it's not like in the show they were just sitting around drinking tea they were trying to prevent a planet from being exploded but the way they figured it out was they sat down and figured it out it wasn't they they weren't being chased through a tunnel that was blowing up behind them it was they weren't clinging off of a 
a platform as a J.J. Abrams thing where I swear like six times a movie, the Kirk would wind up hang, dangling from a platform. Right. Because uh, that is, is like the only action beat. It, it literally opens with him running his car off a cliff inexplicably and dangling off the cliff. Yeah. A thing that I don't think has ever happened to a human being in the history <laughs> of the planet. Like, I don't think anyone no, you has can't ever wound up. Those. No, you, you don't. It doesn't work. But it's just it is like that's the only thing he could think of is like the only way to, to put these to add drama to these this scene and have these characters in peril is to have them dangling off a platform high above the right. ground. And it, it's I, just it's <laughs> it's thinking back on the TNG episode measure of a man where the entire episode is that the card has to in a courtroom prove that data is sentient mm-hmm. uh, and that it was more thrilling than any goddamn cliff <laughs> any explosion I mean, like it's inner light inner light god damn and the, inner any light. of the classic episodes city on the edge of forever which is original series like right none of them are action and they just got led so far astray yeah. by those movies because the movies they're f- whatever you know like it's like yeah, okay they're, sure they're star wars yeah, they're Star Wars. And it's, 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 it's fine, and, and, but it's not why I like Star Trek. And you got to be—you yeah. you have to make a trailer. And even the pre-TNG, you know, Star Trek movies—they were also more action. You know, yeah. The, yeah. the Wrath of Khan yeah. has big space battles. Like I get it, bigger budget. You got to make a trailer out of it. You, know, you got to get people to actually leave their homes. I, I get it, but there's no reason why. I don't know. Is there really no market for? what the original show was it's not like there are no thoughtful tv shows anymore yeah i mean that is sort of the was the motivation behind the orville which uh, you know judging however i don't know i think they're in between seasons which takes like years now Mm -hmm. but like that was basically seth mcfarland being like okay well if they're not gonna make tng i'll make tng uh and like it's barely a comedy later on in the series because it's clear that he sold it as like, ooh, it's like a TNG spoof. And then he's just slowly just yeah, doing TNG. He's just like, I just want to make TNG. <laughs> yeah, and like, I appreciate that. It's it's like, we just, it, well, there is a market for it, especially with the nostalgia of like, of TNG, of people who grew up with it. And it's like, yeah, just, it's right there. You have it. You have the property. Uh, Patrick Stewart. You have Patrick Stewart. You have the whole cast. You got Q showing up. I don't know why he's old. I assume it's because he's making he fun of sh- Picard. Yeah, exactly. I, I, can, I assume yeah, that's that's easy. Yeah, he he loves to show up in the captain's uniform. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like yeah, just fucking maybe though this season will be better. It's clear it's a time travel season. Uh, so that's that could go a lot of ways but it, it does appear from the poster they're time traveling to now which is very funny because i was like oh how convenient for your budget yeah <laughs> that let your time traveling to the time that we're in um i mean, I mean that's I, star trek love, they're, 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 there's an episode of the Voyage original Home, series so. where they're like gangsters there's yeah. always a nazi episode like right this is just a thing that they do because they have the outfits it's just very funny that they're like we time travel to now it's like oh yeah yep. but again voyage home did the same thing yeah. and i love that stupid perfect movie. film perfect film yeah uh Patrick this is, Stewart yeah. is extremely old in this trailer he's very old he's, he is very old i mean just like his voice sounds like he's struggling to speak and maybe it's just in that scene he's supposed to be unwell but it's 
I'm not trying to be ageist or whatever, but I, I like am concerned for him. <laughs> right. It's like, it's, it's, he's very old. Makes me feel very old. Q, the ageless being, is very old. I yeah. get it. I know time marches on. They can't do anything yeah. about that, but he's very Data, old. Data in season one, very old. And that's one of those things. Brent Spiner was the one who was like, we need to kill off Data. I'm getting old. Like, you can't explain that. I'm the the whole thing about me is I don't age. It's the old robot. Yeah, <laughs> old robot. No one wants an old robot. Yeah, yeah, keep sorry. cranking out old Terminators. Yeah, Pat, yeah. Patrick Patrick Stewart is literally eighty. He's gonna yeah. t- he's gonna turn eighty one in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Even Star Trek Generations, my favorite goddamn finale is watching three guys who are like sixty battling on rocks and i was just like guys be careful you could slip <laughs> like if one of you slips that's it yeah which yeah uh, it's that's it makes the, uh kirk's death unintentionally funny because they yeah they have this dummy clinging to a catwalk that explodes and goes spinning off screen <laughs> and just the knowledge that it's supposed to be like 62 year old william shatner clinging to that thing amazing uh. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Picard season two. Get ready for it. Folks. Get ready for some old, old people. Yeah, doing well again. Can't stress this enough. Old people doing action. Doing action. Like if yeah, it was old people like, doing Star Trek, fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. Old people doing Star Trek. That's great. Uh, yeah, because yeah, a ship's admiral, admiral is an old guy. Like yeah. in the Navy, that's an old guy because he's not Captain's out there. An old guy usually like, fighting hand to hand. He's up there making the decisions with 2,000 people on his vessel, you know, and he dispatches people to go. He doesn't beam down to, his, to the island right. to, go, to go fight. Um, but anyway, yeah, at the end of people, there are people listening, maybe the shows, maybe the season will be really good. Even season one is really bad. I will never know unless they release <laughs> it from Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. Until the day comes when they, they consolidate all of these services, which will happen in the next five years. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The same thing that happened to our industry. It's, it's consolidation is coming. It has to. The, the, the customers will demand it. We demand. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, we, it's cable TV. We're gonna, we'll give a tech billionaire $2 billion uh, in five years to invent cable again. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's an app that has that lets you. I know YouTube TV is trying to do it, but even then, it's it's messy. I've got I have it myself. It's it's a messy process to get. You never know what you actually have access to. Trying to watch sports on here is crazy because they still had the stupid blackout rules from 1965, where it's like <laughs> you can't watch the game locally because we want you to go to the game instead. It's like yeah, that's certainly not going to happen. Um, anyway, but all of the entire episode has been just basically uh, preliminary leading up to Pig. Yes. Yep. <laughs> the main event. We basically have wasted the listener's time because we've <laughs> this was all intro leading up to Pig, which I know a lot of them probably have not don't know what this <laughs> is, but they will soon. Yep. Pigcast. Yep. Uh, Pigcast. So... I, I want to start with a problem with Nicolas Cage. I love Nicolas Cage. We all love look, we all love Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. But he is becoming a meme um, in of himself, so he can't just be in a movie. You know what I mean? Like, I get that this, this, this premise is funny on its, you know, like, without Nicolas Cage, it's already a funny premise. But I feel like the headlines are always, Nicolas Cage is going to be in a movie about blank. Um, 
And that's part of the punchline is like, and it's Nicolas Cage. And I get it because he appears in some pretty wacky movies. But yeah, this is about a truffle farmer who uh, loses his prized pig Mm -hmm. and it becomes a John Wick. Well, well, no, I shouldn't say John Wick because on Wikipedia, this is defined as a drama. It it never once appears like it's going to be an action movie. Yeah. And he's trying to get his pig back. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is what I mean is like, this might be like a, like you kind of note it, Jason, this could be a, like a really meaningful movie and nobody, people are going to go into it like, oh, this could be batshit. I can't wait. And they might accidentally just watch like a, like a drama. Yeah. Because let's Nicholas be clear. Cage. The premise is Nicolas Cage plays a guy who lives in the wilderness hunting truffle mushrooms with his pig and his pig gets stolen and he ventures out to get the pig back and that sounds like the wackiest goofiest like intentionally dumb like oh it's Nicolas Cage again if you then watch the trailer it looks like Oscar bait yeah yeah it's about this guy who clearly who was like a high-end chef and for some reason he abandoned the, like his relationship and creativity with the food and he abandoned the industry to go out and live by himself with his pig and then the pig got taken and now he has to go back and the whole thing with this seems to be about isolation and about being unwilling to the the, the relationship between creator and audience it seems like there's some of that in there it's all played dead straight very emotional I have no idea if this is supposed to be an ironic wacky movie and you know else who has no idea Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I guarantee you to this day he has he could not tell you which of his movies are supposed to be stupid and which ones are dead serious. It's what makes him great. Yeah. Yes. Um because it's like cuz you can't yeah, fake you wonder, can't fake that quality. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he gets to like when he sits down and watches it, he's like, "Oh, I guess that was an action film." Like, do you think he finally figures it out eventually? I don't know. Um or he never knows. But yeah, I think this is going to be, I think a lot of people are going to be bummed because I'm seeing headlines. There's one that's, don't you dare steer, steal Nicolas Cage's pig. They're all, all the headlines are like, who can, you know, be yeah. funny. And I don't think the trailer this is, is funny not movie. funny. No. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think it'll even be a bad or stupid film. Like, Mm-mm. I think it, it might just be a good movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they even chose the title Pig, I think. Somebody did, because that would go viral as... Yeah. As opposed to if they called it, you know, the truffle hunter or the the, the artist, or the, not the artist, that's already a movie, but yeah. the, yeah. the, the... Or, you know, or something like that's more like Oscar Beatty type, the calling it Pig, not even the pig, but just Pig, It's and then it's Nicolas Cage, and... Like the the parallels to John Wick or whatever, the, like I think that's all on purpose. Probably. Uh, yeah, so probably. I, this is that thing they do where they, which we've talked about already, like the marketing. You're not sure what they're going for necessarily. So I think you're right. I think a lot of people who watch it are not going to know what to think. Again, does it indicate where we will be able to see this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. No, probably in theaters and everywhere. Yeah, I think we're we're gonna have to start assuming that most stuff, like you know, cause movies are back. Yeah, I saw a whole video from Vin Diesel telling me so. <laughs> um, no, it's you know, as as restrictions continue to be relaxed and more and more people are getting vaccinated and theaters start opening back up, we're gonna have to like re- kind of slowly start 
reverting back to normal i guess where it's like we're just if you want theaters to exist yes yeah like you should be rooting for uh, this is me being a jerk it's like Mm -hmm. because because i'm gonna sit here the fact that going rewinding back to when i watched the original matrix trilogy because i was really into that series you know it really disappointed in the sequels but i was there opening night i saw these movies multiple times if you could have told me back in 2003 or whatever your revolutions came out that the Matrix 4 is a movie that's just going to pop up on my TV in the background while I'm doing something else on my computer. Yep. Yeah. That it's still going to cost, it's going to be the same crew, same cast, you know, $200 million, same directors, producers, all that. It's just that it's going to pop up on my screen. It's like this thing that plays in the background while I'm typing or looking at my phone. I would have thought, you're nuts. Like, what, what has happened? Why did the franchise fall so far? But it's not that. It's like, the the world has changed so much since then. Yeah. And I, I like I that's how I saw Godzilla versus Kong. It was just I like I throw it on the screen while I'm and this thing they spent, you know, two years and a quarter of a billion dollars making and it's just this mm-hmm. this series right. of colors flashing across my screen in the background while I'm like browsing Twitter on my yeah, it, yeah. it's so dumb it's like this I'm is eating individually wrapped slices of cheese <laughs> while it's playing but and it is like having a conversation a... with somebody else like the people who made that movie who sweated over it and all the the sweatshops where they had to make all the the eight different effects companies that they drove into bankruptcy making the effects for that movie <laughs> yes. like those people probably would hate my guts if they saw how i experienced it yeah, but sometimes, like, I mean, me and Tom have talked about this. It's like, we just did, like, you know, a review of uh, The Conjuring 3, and it's like, man, I'm glad I didn't, like, I'm like it's good to have the option of going into theaters, but there's some movies where it's like, eh. Yeah. That... <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good here. Like, Godzilla, that's supposed to be for theaters, but I was just like, look, I'm not a big fan of these. I'd rather just watch them in my, in my living room. Meanwhile, Mortal Kombat, I was like, oh, I'll be there. I'll be there fucking front and center for Mortal Kombat in theaters because it it gives us that option at least um which I don't I don't know if that's good or bad but as a consumer it's fantastic mm-hmm. uh to to make that decision I want both you know but I know that that's going to hurt theaters obviously yeah that's they they can't that's not sustainable yeah so just and again not to further ruin your agenda here <laughs> but what is coming aside from fast and furious nine yes uh, what's the big theater only things because this is now just june like we've still got all of june and then all of july like typically you've got a giant july 4th release in a normal year i know this is still not a normal year what's still coming that's the big theater only stuff aside um, from fast nine this summer it's hard to tell theater only yeah theater yeah. only not much because i can tell you that black widow's coming out i don't think that's coming to streaming oh it but absolutely then we have like, is okay and same day yeah, on think, disney plus oh Disney, right that's see but i'm not gonna it, and are those the movies on disney plus where you have to then buy on top of some for of disney them are plus? i think black widow is luca is not luca if you got uh, those people listening to this luca which is the new pixar movie is just going to be available on disney plus starting today as you're listening to this uh so you don't need to pay anything extra for that but i think black widow is one of the premium things you have to shell out 30 extra dollars for jesus christ what yeah what about the suicide squad 
that's going to be on HBO Max as well. <laughs> when is that? Is that summer? Yeah, August. Oh, okay. So kind of in that that post, yeah. post yeah. summer. Um, th- this is probably not big for a lot of people. Like but James is Bond's the Green been Knight? pushed back. The oh, yeah. Mission Impossible and the Green Knight's a big one. That's one. But that's why I swear I saw the trailer five years ago. Oh yeah, it was like two it years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's coming out end of July, uh, and I assume A twenty four. I don't think they have any deals where they're, you know, they're like putting that on streaming. That's weird to think that that's the first only the- theatrical release. Yeah, uh, I think I think next. the new Candyman is going to be theater only. That's in October. Yeah, it's in August. Yeah, it's uh, in the fall. I was trying to think oh, of like okay. if I was because. I've not been back to the theater yet. I'm fully vaccinated now. I was trying to see, well, what's the thing that would get me back into the theater, if not A Quiet Place 2, which I don't I don't know that I have to see that in a theater, but it's like, right. what's what's the big... But stuff has still been pushed back. James Bond's yeah. been pushed back, like I mentioned. Uh, Mission Impossible was pushed back to Christmas. I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the big Dune? When is Dune coming? November. November. Yeah. You could check out uh, Snake Eyes, the G.I. Joe sequel. Yeah, That's man. coming out in July. So this summer was really barren, wasn't it? I guess yeah. I thought yeah. they had, uh, they must have not been confident enough that, but you're seeing some decent grosses. Like you're seeing stuff that have pretty big openings again, but. Uh, I think so it's, it's I, yeah, I think it's like you're, they just didn't know, right? Yeah, so it's, it's like, a lot of people hedging their bets. Yeah, so they were just like, uh, we'll we'll release everything on streaming and in theaters and see mm-hmm. if people are going outside, you know? Uh, and so I, I think that was what we're going to get for the year. So, like, yeah, Dune, the ones that they're like, no, only in theaters, they've just been holding out on us. And I wish, the, I wish things worked where they could be like, push it forward now and be like, okay, you can see Dune this summer but i know you can't do that yeah the marketing so, machine and you got to set yeah. up all the press and, and stuff. the bookings There's, too at the theaters yeah yeah although man i you would think the theaters would be so thirsty for oh yeah not if, if they've already them, hey, not if they've already Mission agreed Impossible. to something else in that same time frame yeah but what would it be what's like if i, I don't know if i looked at fandango right now what would i find as i'm trying to think of what else is even like is it all just a bunch of stuff that's also on my tv probably right but I'm sure that's how the deals work. Like, imagine if Dune came out and you were locked in an IMAX deal with Snake Eyes. And, you're, <laughs> and your theater's just sitting there like, oh, come on, right. guys. <laughs> Don't you want to see Snake Eyes? <laughs> I'd be such a bummer. I mean, so I the do, G.I. Joe but, movies yeah. were a yeah. big enough deal that they not only... it's This is not a sequel, it's a spinoff. It's a spinoff like, slash So they made prequel. that kind yeah. of money? I don't know, honestly. I haven't <laughs> I, really been ke- keeping abreast of the GI Joe. The kids these days don't care about they don't care about Snake Eyes, right? Oh like God, the kids no, no, no. no, no. Find a teenager think, and ask them who Snake Eyes is. I think maybe not in this country is usually okay. what I what I suspect, right? Yeah, is like another country. It's doing really well, and they're like, yeah, let's keep going. That's always what I assume with these movies, where I'm like, why? Why are these happening? You seem to have a budget. Um, but yeah, pig. <laughs> yeah, pig. Uh, When's it coming out? Does it, have, does it have a date on it? Uh, let's see. Um, July sixteenth. Ooh, soon. Ooh, okay. yeah. This director, I looked him up. He's done a bunch of like fairly serious shorts. Yeah. Okay. So 
Yeah, be prepared. He it's wrote like, and directed this. So not not you know. always a great sign when the first time you hear about a movie is like three weeks before it opens. <laughs> it's, right. That's I hope true, it's great. Yeah. I will watch it the moment it pops up on one of my screens, unless it's on Paramount Plus or on Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney Plus, I, yeah. Any of the pluses. Sure. Jason has yeah. taken a hard stance against that, that yeah. little plus sign. <laughs> Any of the <laughs> other ones that are so niche that it's like there's no way your library is <laughs> going to be worth right. it. The stuff you've yanked off Netflix that now I can't get. It's like, well, but that's because Frasier now lives on whatever. Fox Plus. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll just never see that anymore. <laughs> Don't need my tossed salad and scrambled eggs that badly. <laughs> Show that Not they're the rebooting. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are they? Oh, oh hell yeah! God. Yeah, so, yes. yeah it's, I, it's, it's, it's not with young Frazier. It's 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 just Kelsey Grammer who, which course. is crazy because uh, you would think his the the money playing uh, cash would have right. He could retire. Yeah, he that's... wouldn't. Uh, but and I yeah, Frazier reboot. I hope it's all action like the card. Yes, please <laughs> yeah. make it all action. Yeah. Uh, um, what was the movie? I hate to deviate us more, but like. Remember when a movie was, a, there was like a sequel or something big announced, and then we learned it was coming out like the next week, too? <laughs> I don't that it was like, it was part, it was like Blair Witch or something, where like the, the, it was like, we're getting another Blair Witch. Also, it's like tomorrow, which was a really, they did it intentionally as a marketing stunt. Is like, you're getting a sequel. Also, you're getting it right now. Blair and Witch that was, did that, yeah. Was it Blair Witch? What a, like I do like that, and I I kind of want more movies to do that. If, like the surprise imagine, album drop. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if they were like never told us about Fast Nine until a week before it came out. <laughs> that would have been up. wild. <laughs> it turned out they had another Star Wars movie in their pocket. Yeah. <laughs> after. It's um, like they explained everything. That the last movie was just a dream. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get into news stories. Yeah, let's uh, we do got it. some more we got some more patrons to thank. Um, thank you to the Kool Aid Molotov says, "Fill me with the blood of your billionaire billionaires and drink deep, my brothers." Sure. That's a new name change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, Kool Aid Molotov. You seem to be getting more extreme every week. Uh, <laughs> thank you to ET the extravagant extravagant terrestrial. Uh, thank you to Cody Johnston's time machine noise. Thank you. Thank you to Pete Vorpagel. Uh, thank you to Glitterus. <laughs> thank you to thanks for having Jason Pargin on. Here's twenty five bucks. Thank you. You're thank you to welcome. The, you're welcome. Thank you to the Midnight Patron. What patrons at midnight? Thank you. Uh, let me jump in here. Thank you to Exploding Runes. Thank you to Andrew. Thank Andrew you. How How. Thank you to Vincent you. with a Y. Thank you. Thank you to Rev MD. Thank, thank you. you to Doctor DNA. Thank you. Thank you to Glorin Gucci. Thank you. And thank you to Bootler Bootlison. Thank you. The here's twenty five bucks guy. I do try to make these worth it. I do, <laughs> I do I try to do. show up prepared in most cases, and yeah. Oh no, he's, yeah. this this person is getting their twenty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, Jason, do you want like a cut of that? Is that something we need to discuss? Um, all right, I want to talk about this Blumhouse remaking Christine the Killer Car. Sure. That's a movie that we you remember as being terrible, and then if you go back and watch, it's. Still not amazing, but it's John Carpenter. There's some cool stuff in it, yeah. Yeah, and I invite a, an entire Christine series, uh, because why not, man? Yeah, I mean, it's from Brian Fuller, who's the person who did Hannibal. Okay. 
Um, and also, I think, like, season one of Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a bit of a roller coaster there in terms of quality. Yeah. No, he is a very he is a very competent maker of, of things. The, Ham, the Hannibal show was spectacular. I've I, very I, much liked it, yeah. I feel like it exceeded yeah. even like Silence of the Lambs in every way. Uh Christine is a a movie and a book that is like distinctly of its time. Yeah. Uh mm. it's it's got like that seventies era high school bullying where the bullies like would pull a switch knife on you and well, that, try to kill you in the bathroom it's also uh, stephen king all of his bullies are just fucking psychopaths yeah, that are just on grew, the verge of murder yeah he grew yeah. up in an era where that was straight up a thing they they did not they did not have metal detectors at the doors it's your bullies tried to kill you so uh <laughs> it's yeah it's it's a paper thin premise for a movie and a book um, yeah, but it's the book is more about bullying and, and high school and about like this kid finding, you know, that's Carrie again. It's, it's only in, instead of tele, telekinesis, it's it's a car. That's it. There was a period where Stephen King was just writing books as fast as he could because <laughs> everyone who wrote would sell millions and millions of copies. So he was just cranking them out. And I, I fully respect that. Um, but in terms of it translating to a movie that people will watch in 2022 or whatever, Oh, it just they're feels gonna have like... to. Oh, sorry. Well, it just it's it just like nothing about that premise. It just screams like it's it's iconic. You know, it's like it's a haunted car. It's too good. Yeah, I it's think... it's very silly. Yeah, I think they're gonna lean into the irony, right? They're gonna lean. This is a movie mm. that should have Nicolas Cage. Maybe um, Brian Fuller's stuff doesn't really do that. Like, right? And I, that's I suspect his version of this movie is going to go more internal if that makes sense and, well it does because in christine the car changes arnie the main character yes um and that's the thing you forget about christine is that it's not just like you know just a series of slasher moments with the car it's 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 possessing arnie and so yeah i can see i i part of me hopes they do the non-ironic version because I think that's more challenging, yeah. and I respect it more when they're like, "No, we'll make this scary," and you can kind of make Christine scary. I mean, getting hit by a car not fun. It's not fun. Oh, so like, it is not fun. <laughs> yeah, something uh, terrible just hit me. Oh, I didn't even. I don't want to backtrack, but when we were talking about like updating this, like, well, is this something that still makes sense in twenty twenty one? It just occurred to me while I was thinking that thought. Frazier is going to have a podcast. Of course he is. Of course oh, it's going to be a show about his podcast, and it's going to be... Oh, God. <laughs> It'll be like that that hit sitcom Alex, Inc., starring Zach Braff. You remember, you remember the show where he, like, he, he launches his podcasting empire from like a loft hangar? I do not. Also, I do not remember Otherwise such known as the worst kind of environment to try to record sound in. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, yeah, oh, it was man. it was from like four or five years ago. Yeah. Oh no. Well, on that note, are you implying that Christine will be a self-driving car? Because like uh, the I'm... new Chucky, 
they did that where they're like it's a smart it's a robot which was kind of a clever idea yeah idea. it's going to be an, auto, an autonomous self-driving car and the, the self-driving software scott's going to be we'll, yeah. we'll see i think brian fuller is aware of themes and the theme here is very like there's reasons Stephen king kept coming back to it where it's like somebody who has been like bullied and then when they get the chance to bully other people they just become monsters and that's the thing we've seen with Gamergate. Like when nerds have a chance to kick somebody, it's terrifying because all, the, all right. that bullying, it's like, oh, all I ever wanted was to bully someone else. <laughs> and that's what Christina's about. Like, the, like that anger just twists him. And now that he has this power, he becomes drunk with it and just starts taking it out on like the people who tormented him. But it at the cost of his soul, it's a very simple message, but it's also something that resonates with people who sit at home and read horror novels uh, is something I think Brian Fuller understands. So yeah, I think this could be, I think this could be good. I've got, I have faith. I also yeah, have faith in too. Elijah Wood in the toxic Avenger remake. Hell that yes. is a movie that <laughs> I have. There is no chance that will disappoint. I cannot imagine that. It, I, it, I don't know. This is, um, this is actually, cause I was, um, you were against this. About yeah. This. Well, because I think what made the Toxic Avenger a hit is that trauma sensibility. We, we, I think I even talked about it at the time. Yeah. We talked about movies like The Greasy Strangler being like, you know, it has a certain style to it that when you're that the Toxic Avenger also kind of had and making a mainstream Toxic Avenger, I don't think it works without the, those sensibilities because otherwise it's just kind of a superhero movie. The moment Elijah Wood gets involved with his weird ass taste, I'm like, oh, okay. I <laughs> like mean, some, something about that. He produced so many. He produced um, Mandy. Not M- Mandy. Yeah, he's produced so many weird movies. Then I'm like, oh, I, if it gets the Elijah Wood seal of approval, then I'm in. Mm-hmm. He's had like the perfect career where he yeah, got really rich. Has, yeah. uh, same thing, with Daniel Radcliffe. They got rich very young off of a, a mega franchise. And then devoted their time to making weird, weird stuff that they wanted to see brought into the world that otherwise would not have gotten funding, otherwise not have gotten made. That is what that is the dream that, to me. The, the dream to me is not to be Tom Cruise, just keep getting more and more and more famous and crazier with time. It's, it's you hit something big early and then you devote you know, the rest of your life to making making stuff, making cool stuff. Yeah, Um yeah, so this I don't know. This, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, as soon as they were like, we're doing a Toxic Avenger remake, I was like, eh, and they're like, and we cast Peter Dinklage. I was like, okay, okay. Uh, it's like everybody they keep adding to this movie. It's just like I need to see this immediately. <laughs> so yeah, Elijah Wood getting thrown in there is just another like, yeah, I I I want to watch this movie like right now. <laughs> Cool yeah, stuff still I'm, being I'm really made. We we don't want yeah, we yeah. don't ever want to come in here and act like it's not. It is. It's just it's no. it's, it's it's discouraging sometimes because you'll see something. It's like man, this should have been like a monster hit, and instead I'm finding it buried on on my Netflix recommendations or or whatever. And like this movie, I have no idea if it will get any kind of a release, if it'll make its money back. But it's stuff is still getting made. Yeah, and this director did an indie called "I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore," which went to Netflix. Which had Elijah Wood. Which Wooden has in Elijah Wood. Um, yep. Very he good. Also, a very yeah, good he, movie. It's, yeah, uh, he, that's yeah. I have tremendous because the tone it, that the tone of that movie it nails this perfectly. It's exactly what you want. Yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, I think I can sleep tonight knowing that this is out <laughs> there being made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in good hands, and Ke- that makes uh, me feel good. Kevin Bacon's also in it, in case you guys didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's the, he must be the He man, has to be right? the bad guy, right? Yeah. I don't know, because now here comes Elijah Wood. Here comes Wood. Elijah Wood. Who knows what the fuck he's going to be doing <laughs> in this movie. He uh, could be rec- anything. Recommendation for listeners out there. There's a movie on Netflix starring Kevin Bacon called Cop Car. Ooh. Yeah. That is fantastic. Oh, yeah, I still haven't seen that. From yeah. a pre, pre-Spider-Man, the director went on to do the Spider-Man movies, I believe, the new ones. Uh, this is his indie movie. It is a beautiful, taut thriller that is almost almost a perfect movie for what it is. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, well, actually, we have, we have one more thing, and then I have to say there's some surprise news that just popped up. Um. But you you put in here about Facebook with the Oculus games um, putting ads. Yeah, and this is a that's, Verge that's article a from yesterday. Yeah, that they're going to start using using your data from your Oculus usage, which again I do not own one of these. You do, and they're going to start putting Facebook ads in there, including on apps that you paid for. To be clear, this yeah. is not to fund free to play stuff. This is this was the end game for Facebook. I yes. I guess I, like why did they buy They're, Oculus? Like what what did they do it for? Yeah, when I heard they bought it, I was like, oh, good, they're gonna ruin it. Great, uh, and that's just a bummer. I, I I noted in here like they refuse to let you stream on Twitch because they're like, no, you gotta do Facebook Live, and it's like nobody is watching games on Facebook Live. Just nope. join the world and and do Twitch. Um, which is owned by Amazon. <laughs> so, like, it's all bad. But, like, y- yeah, they're going to... This is what I was saying, that it's becoming... It's feeling more like phone games, too. Because they're just... You go on the, the Oculus store, and they're just blasting them out. And, like, there's some really good games, like, every now and then. Luckily, um, until they change this, you can plug your Oculus into your computer and play Steam VR games uh, that way. So it doubles as, like, or rather, I have an Oculus Quest, which is standalone, but it'll double as a Rift, and you can, so that's good. You could at least still play, like, indie games, but, yeah, this is a real bummer. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just, we're just, we're just one step closer to uh, the Minority Report future, where uh, billboards yeah. track our, our retinas and give us per- yeah. personalized ads. Yeah, but like murders will be solved then. Tom. That's true. So, That's true. Yeah. I can't complain about that. Yeah, um, I want to uh, break break this news. Breaking news: Zack Snyder just tweeted Batman oh, going down on Catwoman <laughs> with the words "canon." Yep. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> you win, Snyder. I guess you win. It's fine. Are there he this, jumped on it. Surely some of your listeners don't know what this is about because they don't live on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. What happened is there was the Harley Quinn show. Mm-hmm. There was a scene rejected where Batman goes down on Catwoman. And the rejection was noted, quote, heroes don't do that. Yeah. Which is the funniest part. Yeah. Um, that's very funny. But I would argue that they're half right i don't think batman would do that because he's batman he's bruce wayne yeah bruce wayne like tom you're more of an expert on this but like bruce wayne doesn't seem like a giving partner well batman doesn't but jeff and i already talked about this okay sorry tom (laughs) sorry like batman isn't but like batman wears the mask of bruce wayne and yeah right 
It's, if he's trying to keep hiding as Bruce Wayne, yeah, he's 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 going down on everyone. That's fair, yeah. But yeah, no, Batman himself is just like a weird gremlin. Like I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, if I was running the Harley Quinn show and they had a scene where Batman was doing that, like I can easily see, I, I would not use the phrase heroes don't do that. And, and to be clear, they don't have like a copy of the email from the studio saying that yeah. this, these were the comedy writing team in charge of it. We're giving an interview and talking about like the freedom DC gave them because it's if people have not seen the Harley Quinn show. It's, it's amazing. It's not it, like it's this very R rated NC 17 rated cartoon that's very bloody and it's, you know, very frank about sex stuff, but I could easily see if, if I was in that position, them having seen where Batman's performing oral sex on a woman saying, I, I don't, does that feel like something Bruce Wayne slash Batman would do? Like that seems like fairly reasonable feedback. Cause I'm not sure I can necessarily see it. I'm not sure that fits with his personality. He right, feels like he would be kind of crappy in bed. I don't know. It's, oh yeah, no. There's, <laughs> yeah, for there's sure. that weird. There's that weird protecting a brand thing. That's like, what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like the, the Bruce Willis does this with like John McClane and so on and so forth. Where it's like, there's there's somebody who's in charge of that idea of like would they or wouldn't they do this? And when it's across so many different shows, yeah, I can see why. The, they get like stupid about it, but it just made such a delightful yeah. viral story. Yeah, it was an entire day. It was an entire day on Twitter. And I suspect that whichever of the writers was Justin Halpern or whoever said that really did not know that that little throwaway bit of inside information would trend all day on Twitter and spawn yeah. feedback from and Val Kilmer tweeted about it and <laughs> all these stars because I, I'm sure that the executives at DC or whoever were not crazy about <laughs> that being how the show gets promoted. Cause again, it was them saying no to it. Uh, but anyway, so as a result, it's now made it all the way to Zack Snyder yeah. saying, he, yeah. you know, he, that Batman would go down on Catwoman. I don't personally think, think he would, uh, again, not because that's not heroic <laughs> enough, but for the opposite reason, I, I don't, that doesn't seem to fit with his, right. He's a, I, he's I can a, name a lot of cult, you know, like fictional characters that I don't think would do that. And it's not because I, I, I don't. You know, I don't approve. It's the opposite. It's like, no, he would. He doesn't. Yeah, he's a he's a shitty asshole. Like that's his he defining characteristic. Yeah. He has he has no idea if he's ever made a woman orgasm. He just no, is and not he does, curious he's never about even it. thought about it. Never, never even crossed his mind. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I wrote um, the the I think I wrote the joke where it was like he's the type of he's the type of gremlin that says sex complete and dives out the window like that's right. that's yeah. how much of a Martian Batman is. His mind is never one hundred percent on it. He's on you know he's thinking about crime the whole time. Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like an obligation. Wasting all this it's, time, I could be out there fighting crime. <laughs> it's, it's not. I don't know. It's, it's like I feel like that's a valid. It would also uh, be awful. Like you wouldn't. I feel like you wouldn't want him to, because it would be bad. <laughs> like because he'd be thinking about all the Seven Elevens he could go protect from shoplifters, and it would just be yeah. Right. It would not be pleasant. <laughs> anyway, I know. I'm sure. You, I know you had this entire conversation on another podcast. Oh no, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fine. Because he's all beaten up, he can probably he's in pain all the time, presumably, right? Like he's oh, yeah, probably no, torn, he's, torn both of his ACLs at various points in time. Probably not super <laughs> flexible. Uh, anyway, All right. Um, but 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 
the gadgets. True. Oh, they yeah. have a gadget. He oh, have yeah. a series of gadgets. Yeah, shaped like a bat. Uh, he probably uh, has something for Of course it's shaped. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everything is shaped <laughs> like a bat. Yeah. So he may, yeah, he may outsource that work. All right. I probably, it's, it's, see, we're just repeating the discourse that we just. Yeah. Right. Listen, there's a also, lot of pouches I, on that utility belt. I do think the Schumacher Batmans would. Um, both George Clooney and Val Kilmer. I think both of them, there's, there's enough. Val- well, when- just because in the Joel Schumacher universe, everybody is fucking. Everybody fucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, and I mean, like, that was actually the most surprising thing to me. And I guess it's probably because there's not a whole lot of nostalgia for Batman and Robin because not a lot of people liked it when it came out. But there are like four or five pretty explicit oral sex jokes in that movie. And like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not seeing them pop up on the timeline anywhere. <laughs> Anyway, no. all right, all right. We we have some more producers to thank uh, before we hit the two hour mark. Um, thank you to Tux. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Uh, thank you to Norm from Cheers. Thank you. Thank you to Space McNulty. Thank you to Oh Great, it's that guy. Uh, thank you to Nolan Mayton. Thank you to Vaccinated Man Andrew McGuire. Congrats. Thank you to AJ. Thank you to Tip Drizzle. Mm. Thank you. Let me jump Duh. in here. Thank you to Burrito Mouth. Thank you to Thank Mrs. You. Voidus. Thank you to the Thank ghost you. of Dave Thomas. Thank, Thank you. you to Aaron Burser. Thank you to Thank David you. Knife Boot, Henson Knife MBA Boot. CPA. Thank you to Christopher Roberts Sparts Esquire. Thank, Thank you. you to Kent. Thank you to Mackenzie Fuck Shuffling with Willem Dafoe's Confusingly Large Dick Chill. That's Thank an you. Antichrist reference for everybody that's oh, been yeah. confused about that. Um, thank you to Vaccinated Jay. Thank you. And last but not least, thank you to Pie Guy. Pie Guy. Dave, we're 120 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> I what, read nothing. What fucking movie <laughs> deserves more hype this week? All right. All right. All right. <laughs> this is a movie called Crypto Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence about it, personally. It's coming out August 20th. 2021 that's this year uh it's a cartoon it's got a couple people in it um michael sarah um i think jason schwartzman i want to say is in it um there's a they this is the director of it's like help my high school sinking into the ocean it's another very weird cartoon uh this is about a uh, like a um like i guess a zoo it's more like um a sanctuary in a world where cryptids exist. Uh, cryptids being, of course, like Bigfoot and, and, and Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Animals where their existence are debated and, you know, probably not real. Uh, and the, the so there's the sanctuary and the government begins to try to um, weaponize them to to hurt the world. And these people are trying to stop it, specifically a... Uh, Baku, which is a supernatural being that sucks up dreams, uh, and they want to do this to like uh, uh, brainwash people to be into capitalism, and that's where I'm like, because mm, it gets kind of hipstery <laughs> uh, in the plot, and I'm like, uh, whenever whenever stuff gets like twee, uh, it's that thing where it's like, mm, this could go either way. Because it's starting to get weird and like it's very artsy and weird and dreamlike. Personally, I enjoy that stuff, but not everybody will. But I thought it was a fun premise. 
what did you guys think um i think it's interesting it's an animated film um that's di- yeah did i not mention that i yeah. can't remember if you did yeah. or not uh it's uh that's important it's definitely experimental uh in terms of the, yes. the style of animation it goes between a few different styles at one some parts it looks very monty python other parts it it does not look like that um so it's it's i mean it's interesting it's definitely an eye-catching trailer um i don't know i don't know about it's this. getting yeah it's getting good reviews um it went around sundance everybody liked it uh but yeah no one's really talked about it and it's one of those premises that's like this could have been a children's cartoon this could have been a live action like there's a lot of things you could have done with this premise and i really like that initial premise a lot i mean the premise could be a pixar movie you know the idea that there's yeah. a zoo where all the cryptids live and then of course the government wants to take them and so you've got to but this i, I mentioned here the the trailer that you've linked to is on their official this this that's the studio's uh youtube channel and it has it came out eight days ago and has 1500 views yeah so they they need to rev up the publicity machine a little bit but it's they really got do. a very the art style is not anything you would ever see in a mainstream movie at all whatsoever. It's heavy, heavily, heavily stylized. It's that thing where the characters don't move very much, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of graphic nudity. It's clearly, they they had no interest in this being a big hit. <laughs> no, not at all. It's, <laughs> right. it's, uh, it, what This premise is very easy to wrap your head around. The actual delivery, like I find the art style a little hard to look at, but... Yeah. This is because they it's a distinct style versus, you know, every Pixar movie looks like a Pixar movie. Like it's Right. This is something that somebody made I'm I'm going to guess they spent years making it years and years is somebody's passion project that they've got 5 years in drawing it. Um so uh, yeah, if we can somebody who's listening to this will probably watch it and it'll be their favorite thing they've ever seen in their life. And if we if we reached that one single person, then great. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That is exactly. And this is, yeah, the director and writer is Dash Shaw, uh, which made my entire high school sinking into the sea, which I wanted to see. Um, they're both, they both got like very good reviews from critics, um, you know, up in the seventies and eighties. Critics love it. Uh, audience score for that, uh, the high school one, not so great. And that checks out because, uh, yeah, I just don't think it's for everyone. I think it's 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 very stylized. And if you like what they're doing, you like it. Like, I really this is one of those where the trailer you'll kind of know right away. Right. Like, you'll be like, this is for me or nah, yeah. too weird. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's definitely uh, very striking. So, yeah, you will 100 percent know uh, pretty quickly whether you're going to be into this movie or not. Yeah. Yeah. But check it out. Check out the trailer. Yeah. As Jason noted, uh, their marketing's not great. They're not, you know. Well, they... <laughs> that's why it deserves more hype. It's, yep, yep. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, it is the definition of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is... yeah. It's weird to think that in this day and age, like, you can make a, a full-on movie and, uh, like, literally 370 people will see it. I yeah. can guarantee you that some of those like horror movies you found at the very, very bottom of Prime or wherever you found it, like it went, it made the film festival rounds. It got dumped to streaming, and less than five hundred people actually watched it there. Oh it's, yeah, absolutely, it's wild. And this, yeah, this has celebrities in it too, and it's like, no, not enough. <laughs> 
Oh man. Um, well, I think I think that's a sewed. I think we've done it. Yeah, yeah. made the show twice as long as usual, but uh, <laughs> but we had some E three in there, and yeah, some the broader was, discussion yeah. I wanted to have that, that it's. I wish there was a big thing. Maybe the next big, big, big thing is that Amazon Lord of the Rings show that currently has a budget of $450 million for the first season. <laughs> sure yeah. it does for a single uh, season. <laughs> maybe that's the next big, big thing that will unify us all. But um, if maybe maybe we, we will end this episode and then realize we forgot to talk about literally the biggest movie of the summer that we all just forgot about. <laughs> Right. Uh, but I don't think so. We're in the post-COVID, a little bit of a crater here. M- maybe next summer things will start to look look more normal, or maybe as soon as this Christmas, things will start to look more normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is this is actually a thing we talked about last summer on uh, when we were first looking at all the shifting release dates is, is uh, with you on as a guest, Jason. We were like musing. Yeah. Well, you know, we move one thing, it's going to move everything. Like right. it because it you know it's it's like ripples so things for years out have now been adjusted, and a lot of the stuff in that episode where we were talking about oh gosh that's been bumped to summer twenty twenty one that's been bumped summer twenty twenty one a lot of that stuff is now winter twenty twenty one like that like it yeah. didn't stay here it, it, it they they kicked it out because it's like no we need open mission impossible and we can make a hundred million dollars that weekend like this cannot be <laughs> this has got to yeah. be the full on. Um, the theatrical receipts and then turn around and make even more from streaming three months later. That's so we'll see. But uh, I thought things would be starting to look more normal come July, 2021. I was wrong. It's um, we're now looking forward to Christmas for that. Yeah. Getting closer though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing all right. We're all doing all right. We're doing, we're doing our best. Uh, <laughs> Jason, Thank you so much for doing the show. Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah. What do you want to tell people about? It's always still just my book every time until the next one comes out more than a year from now. So the book, if you have not heard previous episodes with me, is called Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick. Don't take my word for it. Google the title. Go look at user reviews on Amazon and elsewhere. They will, they, other people who are not family of mine and are not <laughs> bots that I've paid to leave those reviews, they all seem to like it. So yeah dave yeah it, i i yeah i just want to say i really enjoyed it yeah um so people should check it out uh we we have we have a patreon patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed you can uh see exclusive podcasts on there like like uh tom and jeff watch batman <laughs> uh fox Mulder is a maniac and star trek the next futurama these are all podcasts exclusive to us but also small beans for one of them uh we watch movies we watch movies every friday night uh we do all sorts of stuff what are, what are you doing look what are you doing look, to us it's hot it's really hot <laughs> all right uh we also have a store tpublic.com slash store slash gameplay and employed you can get t-shirts masks mugs stickers posters all kinds of things so check that out check it out do the thing do the things oh god all right let's <laughs> go I, I hope I would love it if like five years from now, if somebody's going back and listening to all the old episodes, they're like, why were they selling masks? <laughs> what are they talking about? Were they, like, I oh hope they God. just become sounds, a thing we all wear now. Sounds yeah. freaky. It's like, why would they make a mask with their names on it? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a like sex a, It's like a yeah. sex thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's 100%. Like, yeah. We have masks that say it's a sex thing. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. All right, uh, say goodbye, everyone. 
Goodbye. Goodbye. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.